T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0, and Yeah. Lord, this for you. Uh, I was a mess, little hair on my chest Fresh as a newborn, but I'm headed for death Some saying I'm blessed, cause I'm still alive Every day in the hood, I was fighting to survive So sin I quiet as an adolescence Walking in darkness, spirit facing oppression You couldn't tell me nothing, swag was on honey Speeding in the fast lane, call me crash dummy Then I put on the helmet of salvation and received the revelation Yeah, I could be a leader in this nation And gotta follow the code in the streets and be like the mother creeps See, I could be a leader in this Mighty TP. You know, um, one of the most powerful things that uh, that hit me about that situation was uh, after that home run was hit and, uh, you know, he starts breaking down and going into that uh, dugout, you know, everyone's kind of turning their back and all of a sudden you see this sea of number 16 jerseys. And and uh, that, that was, to me, that was pretty deep. That was pretty powerful. That was that was uh that, that that spoke volumes you know it was a, it was a unity a team thing it was uh it was beautiful yeah definitely i agree 100 percent the scene seeing d the emotion on his face and everybody you know wearing that number 16 with fernandez on the back in, in solidarity together uh mourning the loss of their friend and teammate but having those the other professionals they, they have to go to work um and keep playing despite the turmoil that their feelings. I'm sure not a single one of them wanted to play. I, and in one of those few moments in their lives where you get the opportunity to, to professionally play a sport, and it's one of those few times where you don't want to go to work. And um, they, I, my hat is off to 
uh, the entire Marlins organization uh, for the way they've honored the passing of their teammate. Uh, and lastly, uh, we want to say rest in peace to actor Bill Nunn, better known as Radio, from Do the Right Thing. And Mr. Nunn was, I believe, 62 years old. So passing on from the, the, the sad things in life and the passing of people, we go to uh, a situation where there's a whole, not a whole lot of passing going on, surprisingly, in the NFL. Week three has completed, and we're headed towards week four. And I have to admit, it's, uh, I don't know about you, but there's been some surprises um, in the league, and panic levels already are super high in the No Fun League. And I, I wanted some quick hits here on how these people should be feeling um, about their teams and over their jobs. First, uh, Mr. Rex Ryan, the Buffalo Bills. Where is his panic level should be? He should be uh, he should be up there. Um, not not if not for anyone else, but from himself. He uh, he proclaimed that uh, if he didn't have them winning, that uh, he would he would quit. That he would uh, he would step down. Well, they're not winning, and rather than stepping down, he fired sideswiped. A longtime friend, the offensive coordinator, and you know that that buys him some time. You know that that you know you, it could very well be that, but uh, but if if it's if it's not coming from upper management, that Hossie's got to be on him. And the, and the reason why is because he's about to lose the locker room, and as a coach, you don't want to lose a locker room. You got to stick by your word. It's uh it's like a it's like a parent parenting with empty threats and and uh it's very it's highly effective for a short amount of time but after that time passes well then there's nothing there so yeah i i, I think that uh i think his hot seat's uh it's mighty toasty right now i agree i mean rex has put all his eggs in one basket i mean he had the highest paid offensive coordinator and he hired his brother um to be his defensive coordinator which I didn't like that move, and not that I don't like Rob Ryan, but Rob's defense in Dallas was suspect. Um, his defense um, the past couple of years in New Orleans was even worse. So bringing in your brother because he's your brother and you know, because he has a Ryan name, um, that doesn't mean the defense is going to be good. Um, there were times when Buddy Ryan, didn't his defense you know, didn't come through. Um, I, I think I think that... Uh, Rex is really feeling the heat right now, um, and it would wouldn't surprise me if Rex finds himself unemployed um, in this off season and finds himself doing what I think he should be doing anyway. Uh, one of two things: I believe Rex is not head coach material. Uh, I I just don't think he can. I don't think he has it to run it, especially um, handling personnel. I think Rex is best suited as a defensive coordinator. Um, he excels at that. He knows defense. Um, he has a winning and proven track record at that, uh, like his brother. And I think he is just best suited for that. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in that. There's been other head coaches who are just better suited as assistants um, and coordinators, whether it's Jim Fossil, whether it's Cam Cameron, um, whether it's... Um, uh, I don't know how um, how he keeps getting jobs, but um, 
what's his name? Um, Norv Turner. Um, these are guys who are excellent at what they do, but when they are in the head coaching role, they they can't get it done. And I think Rex Ryan is either headed back towards the DC role, or he'll get a job on television. Um, he's an entertaining guy, and he, again, he knows the game, and I think he would do very well. Um, you know, on ESPN or, or Fox or CBS or, or NFL Network, whoever would decide to hire him. But I think his days as a head coach are are numbered. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll go. I think he'll end up going in a, a defensive coordinator position somewhere. Um, I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're done seeing the last of him. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think he'll he'll do a stint again as a defensive coordinator, prove himself, and then. Uh, he may or may not be back, you know. I, 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 my bet is that he will be. All right, next quick hit. The Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, they were on hard knocks, and everyone's hyping them as a Super Bowl pick. Well, they got the break speed off of them by New England, and they decided to uh, get the break speed off of them again, this time by those Buffalo Bills, and I think that uh, saved Rex's job at least for this week. Um, but they're one and two, and two of those losses, you know, came. Nothing. One of those losses came at home. This is things are not looking well for for Bruce Arians' team. I personally don't think that he's on the hot seat. Um, but this team, um, especially Carson Palmer, in my opinion, um, this is a make it or break it for this current um, roster, in my opinion. I, I think after if they don't. If they don't make it happen this year, you've got to have a major overhaul of this team. You know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go the outside. I'm gonna go opposite of you, and I'm gonna say that I don't think he's on the hot seat. Um, I think that uh, you got to be careful with uh, with this early in the season um, because it doesn't indicate. I mean, th- there are stats and there are you know likelinesses, and, and when a good team is a good team, they're a good team all the way through. However, I, I, I think that, I mean, especially in the NFC West, you look at uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they're 2-1, and one, and they got blown out by the 49ers, I and mean, they got shut out by the 49ers, the lowly 49ers. And here they are, the top of the division, 2-1, and one, with a negative 17 differential in points. Okay? Yeah, I, well, because that's the, when you get shut out at home against the Niners, or when you get shut out against the Niners, you know, 28-0, whatever the score was, I mean, that that's a huge factor. Play a couple of close games after that, and, I mean, that's that's football for you. But you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they're a plus 16. They're even higher than the 2-1 and Seattle Seahawks. Now, I think the Seattle Seahawks, um, I think, I think uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here, but I think uh, Pete Carroll is a little more on the hot seat than Bruce Arian. Um, well, I, I don't think I, I don't think Aries is on the hot seat. I think the team itself. Okay. As far as this their year imploding, I don't think Aries is about to lose his job. But I okay. think that the season's about to be out of control, and the season itself may be lost on them. I think they I I personally think they're going to turn it around. I think that the Seahawks are shaky. I think that the uh, the Rams are pretenders, and the Niners are possibly one of the worst teams in the league. So I think just within their division, I think they'll end up making the playoffs. That, that's my, my prediction is that they will be in the playoffs. Moving on to a similar team, a similar record, actually same record, um, with um, also high expectations, are Coach Marvin Lewis and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
also 1-2, recently lost to the defending champion Broncos. Um, this was supposed to be a, a, a good team, and this is a playoff team that finds themselves just seeming not be able to get it done. You know, they never... They never get it done. <laughs> that's that that that's the problem. The thing, and Co- Coach Lewis is on his, I think, his twelfth season as head coach. Um, right. You'd have to wonder, as much as I, I like him um, and I respect Marvin Lewis, I, I, I kind of think it's time for him to go. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that everything has run its course. Right, he's had multiple quarterbacks. He's had Carson Palmer. Um, he's got the red rifle right now. Um, I think there was somewhere in between there that he had someone else, and I can't think of who it is for the life of me. John Kitten in there for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, John Kitten in there for a little while. Um, didn't he have someone from USC? Uh, I Matt, no, it wasn't Matt Leinert. No. Leinert, he didn't have, he didn't have just, um, he didn't have, uh, Palmer either, because Palmer was in New York. Right. Uh, only ones that mattered were are Carson and um, and Andy Dalton anyway. Correct. Those are the two big ones. Both are, both of them, I do believe, are uh, capable of winning in the NFL. Um, they've got two backs that uh, are very capable backs. That uh, I think I think if they found some consistency in either one of them, then uh, it might be a different thing. But yeah, I, the the common denominator here is Marvin Lewis, unfortunately. Um, he, the, the, the thing is, is he brought them from a point that, uh, they were the laughing stock of the NFL and he brought them into relevancy and that's, that's phase one for them. Exactly. But they can't, I mean, sometimes you can't just go to phase one and phase two and phase three as the same guy, you know, that's, that's tough to do. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's not even Belichick where it was able to do that. It took Pete Carroll before Belichick to bring the Patriots to relevancy. Uh, True. Well, it's no Carroll to well, Carroll's team, and then Parcells took it over and took them to the Super Bowl. But yeah, but you're right. I mean, it does take um, you know it takes uh, people building up a franchise. Um, I kind of look at it as Tony Dungy's tree. His coaching tree. <laughs> it's true. It's quite large. It, it's large, <laughs> um, and I'm and I'm very proud um, as, as a black man for Dungey and his coaching tree, um, because there's huge names on that tree. I mean, you think of all these guys that were on his staff in Tampa, um, Herman Edwards. You know, coach. I love Coach Edwards. I wish he was still coaching. Uh, Lovey Smith. Yeah, Lovey Smith. That's what I was gonna say. Yep. You know, and and Marvin's a part of that, and. To see, to see him in a similar situation where, kind of similar, similar to Coach Edwards, where you've taken the team so far, and unlike Dungy, who I, in my opinion, got robbed um, in Tampa Bay, I don't consider Gruden's ring his. I consider that Dungy's ring. <laughs> I think I agree with you. <laughs> and I never will give Gruden any credit because he did nothing with that team the year after and the year after and the year after. Um, that was Tony's ring. Right. Um, you know, he's in a situation where you've, you've done so much, and I think he's really hurt himself as far as future jobs because he's been there so long, and he's really put himself in a position where, where is he going to go? 
you know, you, you kind of have that lure on you now that you're not going to be able to get a team to the next level. You can, you, you're great at resuscitating a team, which is what Dungy did in Tampa. It's what Herm did with the Jets um, and the Chiefs, because he got them both back to the playoffs. Um, and, and it's what Marvin did and with the Bengals and what Luffy did with the Bears. But it got to a point where, you know, they're only going so far, and now you've... Now you've not only overstayed your, not even I think they still want him. They said he's overstayed his welcome, but you've gotten yourself a stigma where you can only take a team so far. You're 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 an Andy Reid, right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, unable to, unable to uh, get over the hump. Un- unable to uh, be great. Right. Very can be very good, but not great. Correct. And yes. and Cincinnati they they need, they need someone that can that can change their culture. And, and make them great because they've got the talent. You mentioned, you know, Jeremy Hill almost had 100 yards in that game. He had two touchdowns. And he had 5.7 yards per carry. You know, Giovanni Rabard, Bernard, he had a very lackluster game, only eight yards on five carries. But, you know, give or take a game, one of those two is going to have almost 100 yards. Um, and they, they work very well together. And you've got a great deep threat in A.J. Green. It's not like you don't have, um, you know, weapons and, Bernard's able to be productive out of the backfield catching the ball as well. You've got a stout defense. Um, that's one of their consistent, uh, the more consistent things they've been able to do is, you know, because he's a defensive-minded guy. But it, it comes to a point, what, what do you do? Like, you know, why? And I don't want him to lose his job now. I mean, I, I, I've never been a big fan of in-season firings. I just don't think they help anybody. Um, especially the, the players and the, the organization as a whole, but I can imagine Cincinnati turning it around. I, I don't, you know, not with the way that um, John Harbaugh has the Ravens playing, and not with the talent that's in Pittsburgh. Um, I just I don't see them. I don't see them making the playoffs this year the way they started and the way they look. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them making the playoffs at all. That division's a tough, tough division, and it comes down between one or two games, and and they're just they're just not consistent enough. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what it is specifically, but uh, but when it when it comes to that, when it's when when you get to the point of I don't know what it is, and you've changed multiple players, well, then there's really only one thing left to do. So now I'm with you. I say I say let them ride out the season. Um, Problem is, is that doesn't sell tickets. That doesn't sell next year's tickets. Um, that that that's a that's a, I mean, after all, it is a business. You want to let your fans know that you're you're going to make a move and you're going to make them happy, um, even if it's not the right move, you know. And fans are emotional. They want immediate results. They want they want uh, unthought about results. We just want action now. You know, it's that it's that meme that goes around. It's like, what do we want? We don't know. When do we want it now? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the fan mentality, um, especially because fans don't know the the internal workings of a team and and an organization and what goes on day to day. Exactly, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, well, moving on to the next one and two team with high expectations, the defending NFC champion Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I watched this game with Minnesota, and honestly. I I didn't believe my eyes. I did not think Minnesota's defense was that good. Um, they proved me wrong, and I didn't think Carolina would be playing this poorly. Uh, I don't know if it's Super Bowl hangover. 
mixed with Minnesota's, Minnesota's defense being that good, mixed with all the distraction of what's going on in Charlotte right now, um, there's a lot of factors on and off the field that could really be um, distracting Carolina. But, you know, it would make sense if they were two and only lost this game and that was, you know, an aberration. They haven't looked, they haven't looked that good. Um, I know they're missing John, Jonathan Stewart. Um, but, you know, you've got LaFell. You've got Olsen still. You've got, you know, Ted Gidd Jr. Um, you know, you... you you know, your rushing game is gonna is gonna suffer because you don't have Stewart, but it's not like your defense has disappeared. No, you don't have Norman anymore, but because they played zone, I honestly don't think he. I don't think he was the key to that defense anyway. Their their key was more linebacker and, and D line play. So I, I just don't. I'm looking at this team and I'm like, what what's missing? Like, what is what is going on with this team? I don't think anything's missing. Um, last year I felt they were an overrated team. Yes, they went to the Super Bowl. I get that. But uh, I, I really did feel like they were the same team from the previous year before that and the same team the previous year before that. They're, they're a good team. They are not a great team. And I think that's been proven. I mean, last year they started out, what, 0-4 or something like that? Last year. And they came, yeah, last year. Last year they were, they were 14-0. Oh, that's right. They, it was the year before that they were four zero and four the way they started the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I, I just, I, I've never seen them as a good team. They never, they never come across me. And I'm like, wow, that's a team I fear. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this at all. Uh, what I am surprised by is the tale of the two different teams and where you have the Broncos who lost some key pieces to their team. I mean, they lost their their two top quarterbacks. They lost uh, their running back. They lost uh, some defensive players. Um, I was not expecting them to be who they were or who they currently are. Um, but I did. I did kind of expect a Carolina to do this. I, I, I didn't. I never seen them. I, this is the type of team I see them being. I see them being as a, you know, an eight and eight team, a nine and seven team, one that's barely making the the uh, playoffs if they do, just because they play in a very weak division. So I thought last year was an aberration. They were on an insanely hot streak. Um, and they capitalized on it, and they got to the Super Bowl, and I thought, you know, they could have possibly won it because they were they were so hot. Um, very much like a, a uh, you know, a hot streak, and very much like, uh, you know, reminded me of Kemba Walker and that UConn run. Oh, absolutely, yes. Where you've got a very good player leading a team that's got talent, but is no one's really looking at these guys as a bunch of, you know, a star-studded team. you got good players that fit, that know their role and fit their roles, and they're well-coached, and they got on a really, really good hot streak, and they happen to go all the way to the title game. Um, unfortunately, unlike that Kevin Walker team, the, Pan- the Panthers did not win. Um, I agree. I never looked at them more than a 9-7, and 10-6 team, again, because of the weak division um, that they play. It was Tampa... Um, you know, Atlanta and New Orleans in it. Um, I mean, I think with the year before, they made the playoffs, but they had a losing record. Um, so I, I, was, I was not expecting anywhere near 14. You know, I think they were, they were 15-1 and one or something like that, 
or 14 to them. I, I did not expect that out of this team. Sure. I did expect more out of a team, though, with an MVP on it to, to look better. Even if you lost some games because some teams outplayed you, they, you know, they worked harder, things like you know, that happens. But to look as, just to look bad, to look like a team that wasn't prepared um, for some of these games, that, that is what's surprising to me. That's surprising for a team coached by Coach Rivera. Um, and for a guy that is supposed to be, um, you know, when, you know, when we've got Manning gone and Brady, you know, he's not going to be gone you know, around for too, too much longer. You're seeing a passing on the guards of the elite quarterbacks and someone who's supposed to be leading this next generation of elite quarterbacks and, you know, culminating that with winning an MVP, you know, Cam had a terrible game. I mean, he was sacked eight times. You can't blame that all on him, but, you know, he threw... I want to say three interceptions in this game. Um, yeah, three interceptions in this game he threw. You know, he, he had a very un-MVP-like performance, only targeted his best receiver, who he finally had back, in Kevin Benjamin one time. Um, you know, you, you can't you can't do that. You can't do that win. You can't. And yes, Minnesota's defense is good, but I don't think Minnesota's defense is that that good. I don't right. think they're as good as Denver's defense. I don't think they're as good as New England's defense. Um, and you're also playing You're also playing a, a Vikings team, regardless of their defense. Without Adrian Peterson. Without Adrian Peterson or Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, exactly. You got, you got, you're playing a quarterback that's been in that system for two weeks. And, and he happens to be a bum in Sam Bradford. Correct, yes. Who's always hurt. I mean, he should knock him out of the game. He's always hurt. He's a paper mache quarterback, you know? He's He's gonna he's gonna get hurt, and that's you know it's like Carolina got to where they did because of their defense. Yes. And if you're not able to stop a Adrian Peterson-less Teddy Bridgewater-less Vikings team, that's your problem. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem, and I you know I will I will give some credit because there's a lot going on right now in that city. There's a lot going on in that city that is directly affecting the team. Yes. And so that, that there has to be something set for that. And that, that could lead to the sloppiness and the the unfocused play. And that's that's understandable, you know? Yeah, partially, but also you are professionals. And one thing sports has always done, especially in this country, is is galvanize and, and give people hope and give people a distraction sometimes when they're in pain and they just, you know, they don't want to face life. Um, and they, it gives them a nice escape, which was why it was so beautiful for the Saints to win that Super Bowl in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. You know, it gave the city something to to you know to look at it be and momentarily forget um, you know that half the city was underwater for so long. Um, and you know, you would you would hope that the reverse effect on the team would happen, and they would be extra focused. To, to win this game and not be distracted to the point where they just look extremely sloppy. You know, there is rallying around a team and using the, the team as a beacon for hope. But I don't think what's going on right now qualifies as that 
I think the way things are going right now is that <clears throat> football is being looked at as secondary. The team is being looked at as a secondary thing because there's something much larger at stake right now. Um, and it is, and, and at the heart of what's wrong, it's not unity. It's division. And so it's hard to use a positive that everyone can agree on in that city of their team and come together when the issue itself is divided. And that, 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 that's, uh, I think that's felt everywhere right now. I think that's going to transcend all sports, basketball, football, baseball. I mean, short of, you know, Fernandez dying, you know, that baseball was was on the verge of, of, of this happening as well. You know, the the only problem is is the comment of it being a white man's game. Well that's because it is. Well, and I'm not, I'm, and I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But that's that's the problem. That's about as most as you can get out of that sport because of the status of it, and the stature of it, and the and the makeup of it. But even that was starting to boil over. Even for that one remark to be made, that starts the ball rolling. That that's a that's Kaepernick right there. You know. Well, see, football is. I always looked at football differently, and you know, I, I think of. Of teams in the past that were able to endure um, despite the racial problems in the past, like people, most people love. I don't know anybody that saw Remember the Titans that didn't love it, but you know, people forget, and people because it's a movie, people forget that these were real people in Virginia, you know, in, in a segregated community that brought a town together, um, or even Dale Sayers and, and, um, and Brian Piccolo, these were real people, you know, during a time of where, where racial harmony was, you know, not exactly a thing, and they had a, an amazing friendship, a brotherhood that was displayed on television that kind that, that just showed this nation that, hey, we really can love each other and coexist. And football has that over any other sport. Basketball has never had that uniting drama happen in it. And baseball um, itself has never had anything close to that. Um, but football, just in my opinion, it's part of the reason why it's, uh, you know, the, the favored sport in this country Um is that there's this, there's so much it's such a it's such an emotional game, and there's been so many emotional moments tied to it that if any sport was going to be able to be that type of um, you know rallying cry to you know I I was hoping you know that for Charlotte right now the Panthers could be that um, and obviously they're not failing the city by losing. Um, it's just you know everything always feels better when you win. Yeah, it fixes winning fixes a lot. <laughs> um, I get I get I get what you're saying. I think that uh, I think that with this right here, it's starting to bleed into sports. It's starting especially NFL. 
as outspoken as the players can be. Um, I think the people in those situations where they use it as a rallying point, I think that they uh, they tune into football, they go to the stadium, they they disappear for that magical four or five hours, uh, and just be in the game. Whether you're a fan, whether you're a player, the problem is though is that these uh, these issues at hand are part of the game now, and so those are not those are not an escape. It is not an escape. It's it's as a victim as well, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, I I think I I will give them a tinge of of credit because I'll tell you the uh, it, it was a home game. But it was a pretty empty home game. Yes, it was, and uh, with good reason. Oh, there, but, there, uh, people, there were people trying to block people from getting into the game and such. It was not right. a pretty situation outside the stadium. Right, but with that said, I mean uh, that 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 does affect the team. That affects your routines. That that uh, puts your. Uh, I mean, if you're a player, and you have your family come to the game. You know, your 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 focus right now on is my family going to make it to the game? Are they going to be safe at the game? Rather than okay, what am I? What are my assignments? What are my blocking assignments? What are my what are my tree routes? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Your your mind is just somewhere else, and with and that's okay. That's understandable. I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that, and and it probably would have been like you said, winning fixes everything, and definitely probably would have ended better for, for everybody around had they been able to pull off the win. And, um, you know, speaking of winning, fixing everything, unfortunately winning has not been occurring for less miles than the LSU Tigers, and less miles is unfortunately on the unemployment line. Man, that was a shocker. Oh, well, it's, it's not a shocker for me because, you know what, they, for the past two or three seasons, there have been rumbles about less um, they were not happy with his offensive play style. Um, there were rumbles about him possibly taking, you know, coming up to his alma mater back to Michigan, uh, which obviously that's not going to happen as long as Harbaugh's there. Um, but now that Coach Miles is still a premier coach, and he's got great recruiting um, ties in the South and in the North, being he's a being he's a Big Ten guy, um, he's won a national championship and multiple SEC titles. What's the uh, European the best landing spot for Coach Miles? That's tough. <clears throat> that's that's a tough, tough. You know, it's gonna it's gonna have to be uh, the the first team that comes to my mind is Florida State, and uh, they need something. I think they need something there, like a less. I mean, they they had uh, Bobby Bowden for a very long time. And they treated him well, and and uh, they saw through to the end with him. But uh, they just don't have that star. I, I'm a firm believer that in the college game that it's a coach that wins the games. Um, it's a coach that makes a program. Well, he also loses the games. He also loses a program. Well, definitely the coach makes the program because you've got a revolving door players, but... I'm surprised to hear you say FSU just because Jimbo just won a national championship uh, three years ago with Jameis Winston. Um, I mean, granted, Jimbo did was did serve on the LSU staff, 
under Nick Saban, so his name could probably be tossed into the hat as a replacement for Miles and LSU because they're in the national spotlight right now and they just put so much more money into that program. I can imagine Jimbo leaving. I think um, I think Jimbo Fisher is a little more loyal to the FSU program and he's got a lot of talented players right now. I, I can't see him jumping ship. If he was having a okay season or was it a couple years after couple more years after the national championship, that allure kind of faded away a lot. And he was having um, eight and four years. I could see him jumping ship. But I, I can't see else. I can't see FSU being in the mindset that they need a new coach. Um, I can see, I can't see Miles there. But I can see USC making a run for less Miles. I could see um, a team looking to, and I could also see him coming back to the Big Ten. Obviously, you know Michigan is unavailable near their state or Ohio State, um, but his coaching style, his philosophy, is Big Ten philosophy. Um, so I think he could fit in a program that's looking to massively upgrade their situation. Um, Unfortunately, that could be Coach Franklin at Penn State. Um, I, as much as I love Coach Franklin, I think he's on the hot seat. And um, I think uh, bringing in a less miles would immediately reinvigorate and bring a lot of heat onto that Penn State program. Um, there's, also, uh, there's also Northwestern who has made a lot of noise in the Big Ten. They've, you know, last year they were ranked. Uh, they've got good pieces. That's another team that could immediately become major players, bringing in a less miles. Um, and that would totally fit with how he, how he coaches football, how his teams play. I mean, he's all about establishing the ground game. We're thinking of all those guys, all the people that have come out of LSU lately, um, under his tenure, the majority of them have been, um, you know, guys getting it done on the ground, and that's that. You know, when you look at Fournette. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a ground and pound type guy. He's old school. Um, I just I can't uh, I just can't see Florida State being in that. I can see um, there's a lot, I mean, there's a couple other schools, you know, maybe down the SEC or even the ACC that can make a run at him. Um, possibly even Notre Dame, um, who I was going to mention next, and Brian Kelly, because he's got to be on the hot seat with the way his team is playing, making a run for miles. But I, I don't see Florida State losing Jimbo Fisher anytime soon. It just it, it, it jumped off my – so for a while, I'd say throughout high school, after high school, I've always followed Florida State for some reason. I don't even know why. I, well, you mentioned Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden had an allure for me too. I mean, they weren't. I'm a Michigan guy through and through, but I I watched Coach Bowden's Florida State teams. I watched Charlie Ward and them and Dion, and you know, um, Pete um, Pete Warwick and a lot of the guys they had down in FSU. There was very something very special about that team under Coach Bowden. So, my thought is, if I'm if I'm the AD of, of Florida State. There's a lot of talent in Florida. Oh, my goodness, yes. 
and right now when you're when you're trying to fight for the for so let's let's back up a little bit. I think the offenses in football in general is a giant game of paper rock scissor. Paper scissor rock whatever. I, I don't know. I, that that could be another discussion all on its own. Um it's it's a it's a it's a uh it's like a style. It will always come back. The ground of pound will always come back. Uh, the run and shoot will always come back. The West Coast offense will always come back. I mean, they, they, one will always beat the other. And right now, the hot thing is, is that West Coast offense, that, that receiver quarterback offense. Right. So if you've got all these big-name schools like Florida, Florida State, Georgia, um, South Carolina, all these – all these schools down there vying for all of these these this talent, this crop of talent down there in Florida. Michigan, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> With all those satellite camps. Um, I I think there's one giant thing that is being left open there. And that is a a a, a grinded out running talent game. And that's that's just open right now. That's open. You got season. guys that are going. You got to guys that are going to faraway schools. Faraway schools because they're just not recruited as heavily. I mean, they're they're recruited, but when you're when you're a recruit and you're going to a run and gun style offense, and you know you're a running back, are you going to go to a program that does the run and gun, or are you going to go one that grinds it out? Well, it depends on the type of back I am, but if I'm a back, if I'm a uh, downhill runner, I'm a bruising style back. I'm not a, you know, I'm not an agile guy. I'm going to some place that that they still believe in the power eye. Right. You're going to a wishbone. You're going to a an option offense. I mean, you're going you're going to a lot different type of a school. Right now, Florida State is competing with Miami and Florida and Georgia and all those other schools right now for the same crop of talent. Why not bring in an SEC level coach with the ground game and change and change the scenery? You know? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's my thoughts. Well, it's, it's not a bad thought. I, I, think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I would have, as an AD... I'm playing the AD role here. I have a really big job convincing my board and my boosters that getting rid of a coach who's still winning in Jimbo Fisher, who just won a national championship, is the best move to bring in less miles. That is, that's a really big pill to get people to swallow. And probably to swallow, as an AD myself, I'd have to look at the end results and say, hmm, not knocking Coach Miles' resume at all, but Coach Fisher just brought us a national championship, and we haven't had one since the 90s. Right. And it's been a long time since Coach, you know, Coach Bowles has been gone for a while. And, you know, we're, we're doing well. We're, you know, we're, even though we're not an SEC team, we are consistently on the national scene for the past few years. We are a respected, you know, we're not a laughing stock. We're a respected program. Um, you know, we're one of those few ACC schools that people don't want to play. 
you know, along up there with Clemson. Um, I just, I, I, that's a, just a tough, tough sell. I mean, so many other schools could, could, could get rid of a coach right now that's doing pretty well and say, you know what, this guy was doing well. And kind of like we were talking in the NFL ranks, this guy got us here, but now we need this guy to get us over the hump. Um, Mike Leach could get fired right now and get replaced by Les Miles. And Mike Leach has done a wonderful job at uh, Washington State, I think. He's got them back in the respectability. But um, <laughs> there's no way you keep Mike, okay. there's no way you keep Mike Leach if over the, Les Miles. If you're, the Florida State, if you're the Florida State athletic director and you have an opportunity right now to get uh, Nick Saban, do you do it? What about Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer, no. Um, and I'll tell you why. Urban Meyer, as much as he says he's not, I believe Urban Meyer to be two things. I believe him to be a mercenary, and I believe him to either that or he gets bored. I think uh-huh. I think I think he got bored of Florida. I don't think he had anything to do with his health or missing his family. I think he got bored at Florida, and that's why he left. And then he came back and left again. I think he gets bored. So Urban Meyer, no, I'm not putting my. I would not put my eggs in the Urban Meyer basket, regardless of how an excellent recruiter he is and a very good football coach. No, not him. Saban, I'm. You know, he's gotten it done at LSU, and he's gotten it done at Bama, but Saban is getting up there in age. He's in his sixties. And Saban also hasn't been the most trustworthy. Because he told Michigan State he wasn't going anywhere, and he did. He told LSU he wasn't going anywhere, and he did to the Dolphins. Right. So as, and if I brought him in, because he's very much said the same thing to Bama. So if I, if I knew as I was having a meeting with Nick Saban to bring him in, I know I am a short, I'm just a, I know I'm just a stop, stopping place, similar to Urban Meyer, and with the age that Saban's at, I don't know how long he's going to be here, and I don't know if I'm going to win a championship in that amount of time. I, I, that, I mean, if this was ten years ago, I'd probably, I'd probably say, okay, that may be worth a risk worth taking. What about John Harbaugh? If Jimbo hadn't won a national title, no. Let's 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 leave everything as is. He's he's got his current title. Not 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 while he's winning. The guy's winning. I can't just get and not like mediocre winning. I mean, if the guy's winning me titles, you know, conference because we're never no one. No, the guy's winning a title. The guy win a, a title. But he's all no. He's he's winning titles. He's winning ACC titles and he's winning national titles. Is what a natural title. No one wins every year. We, you know, of course. So as he's if he's winning me ACC titles and he's getting me in the championship hunt, I I have no reason to fire him. I even even to get John Harbaugh, even to get Jim Harbaugh, even if it got Bill Walsh rejuvenated, or you know, even if it was Belichick, I I can't. I, if I'm winning titles. In the college game, which is really hard, I I, I can't I, I just can't see why I would get rid of him, especially because he doesn't come with the same price tag 
as all those other names. I get just as I get guys doing as good a job as they can do for me, and I don't have to pay them as much. I I have no reason to get rid of them. So with that with that logic, let's say uh, Bobby Petrino over Louisville wins a national title this year. Is he untouchable then? Does he reach that status where? At Louisville, yeah, it's Louisville. That is a basketball school. Oh, it is a basketball school. I agree, but those are the those are the same. Those are the same terms, though. See, if, if and especially with the quarterback situation, I know I know coaches recruit and they got the revolving door and and they come up with schemes. But every once in a while, you get that special player who can carry a team. And who do you give credit to, the coach or the player? Okay, well, well, that's a good, that's a great segue to my next topic, which was going to be how good is Louisville. So, right. Okay, we look at we look at Lamar. Lamar can play. Oh, absolutely. But Louisville was good last year. They only now they they you know they weren't playing as well as they are now. But this is Petrino's what third season in Louisville, second or third. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what... Uh... Um, how long has... Steel Strong has been in Texas for two three years now. This is his third year, I think. And he left Louisville for Texas. He's been in Texas for a couple of seasons. So, Petrino replaced him. So, it's only been like two or three years. Okay. They have... And they were okay. Because they had Bridgewater. They were okay. But they weren't... They were just okay. They are better than okay. Petrino's made them very good. Petrino's also another guy who is a very good football mind. Now, would I give him untouchable status if he wins the national championship at a basketball school? Yes. Would I really have to worry about that? No, because Petrino's another mercenary. And he'll go somewhere else for greener pastures because he knows that Louisville's a basketball school and Louisville's never going to be able to pay him what a Notre Dame may pay him or... Um, no, he's like, he can't go back to Arkansas, but another school that has a more football tradition that puts more money into the program will pay him. Um, so if I'm Louisville AD, I, I keep Bobby Petrino as long as I can because he's, his, he's going to make my program better than 95% of other candidates that I can convince to come coach at Louisville because most of those candidates are, going, are not going to be established coaches. The only reason I have Petrino is because the fool decided to cheat on his wife with a 24-year-old and get caught with her, you know, in a motorcycle accident. That's the right. only reason why I have Petrino right now. See, everybody else I can get as a, as a basketball school are guys who have not been proven yet, guys that have been longtime assistants that, like Charlie Strong, who have to prove themselves and they need a head coaching gig to see how good they are, and they're probably my, one of my best options. Okay. okay. Just, just just for the, the record, record um, he's in his seventh season at Louisville because he had a stint where he started out at Louisville um, when they were actually pretty good. But that's besides what this is now. Um, he's in his third season. Right, third season. He was his first season. He was third in the ACC, and his second season he was second in the ACC. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I. I mean, the second's good. So you're, bold, you're, you're boosting my argument. Well, I appreciate that. Well, 
no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just want to make sure we're, we're all talking. I mean, they're, they're, both schools are in the ACC. Right. Um, yes, I mean. And one school just wrecked the other school. It's true. Louisville just dismantled Florida State, which I did not expect. No, but I, I saw a close game. I foresaw a close game. I did not right. foresee a massacre. That was right. a old school, you said something about my mama beat down. Yeah, that, that is a, uh, that, that, that is a who the crap is this quarterback game. Well, I knew Lamar was good, this? but I didn't think he would tear up a team like Florida State. Right. Yeah, that, I was thinking that against uh, Marshall or you know whoever else they played, but not not a not a ranked number two school. So, yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know what to think of Louisville right now. I think that uh, I think Lamar's a real deal. I think that he is a legit double threat. Um, he can run. He can pass. He's got, got accuracy. He's got, got speed. speed. I mean, he's got he's got everything you could possibly want. I mean, he's a quarterback that returns kicks. Yeah, I mean that that's the, the toughness. I mean, everything about this kid. He's a baller, and that's that's special. Very special. That that that's the kind of player right there that's going to win you a national championship. Just don't screw it up, type thing, you know. Right. You know, I look at him and I see what I would love to be the next wave of of quarterbacks. Um, I would really like for certain skill positions in the NFL to become kind of like basketball where some players are positionless, where they, they play a position, but their skill set is beyond that. Like a LeBron, LeBron or a Magic. You know? Right. LeBron, you know, Magic being 6'9 point guard was unheard of for his right. time frame. Um, even a Penny Hardaway at 6'7 at a point guard, was that was just not the norm. Um, Correct. Dirk Nowitzki being 7 foot and you know, having, having, yeah, having no inside game whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, so what Cordell Stewart did in Pittsburgh when he was known as Slash and he was doing a little bit of everything, um, you know, to, to me, he really was the one who made Pittsburgh so dangerous when they went to the Super Bowl that year because you never knew what what they were going to do. You never knew if he was going to throw it or catch it or run with it, um, or that one time where he punted it. Um, you know, you never knew what he was going to do. He was just this high, this amazing hybrid player. And I see, Lam- I see Lamar Jackson, and I see someone like Cordell, a little smaller, but someone like Cordell Dell who has g- very good accuracy, not great accuracy, but very good accuracy in the pocket. He's got pocket presence, which Cordell really didn't have. At the, at, at the time, um, early on, and this guy is blazing fast. And this guy's got, this, he's got, I mean, this guy must have ran track. This guy's got track speed on, right. on on the field. And I look at him, and I look at some other some other um, talent that I, and I say, this is where I really wish the NFL would be going towards. These guys that can really just do everything, and you really can't, you really can't scheme for somebody like that. And then you, on the NFL, on the higher level, you've got two guys, like two or three guys like that. I mean, you could you can do just tons of damage. Um, it, it just it reminds me of um, again the Steelers team, which you know, I, I don't even like the Steelers, but 
the year they won the Super Bowl um, in Detroit against Seattle, they had they ran a bunch of gadget plays that I don't understand why they just they didn't run all season long different ones because you had two wide receivers in Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall L that played quarterback in college. You know, you can do so you can just do so many creative things with the ball when you've got three guys who can throw it downfield. Right. And who are fast and who happen to be able to, you know, block very well like like Heinz Ward and could return like Randall L. Like is to to see those so to see that that, that that capability, that slash, you know, that positionless option to be only used so sparingly to me, it, it's a waste of the player's talent. Um, it definitely makes the game not as exciting as it could be. And you 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 just you see how electric Lamar is on the field, and I, I would love to see that continue. On the next level now, for Louisville, unless they can get more talent like Lamar, they're they're going to still be good, but they will still be you know little brother to the FS you know the FSU's um, and the ACC and the more yeah you know, Clemson the you know maybe South Carolina well, actually well if the old ball coach was still there maybe South Carolina but you know they'll still be little brother to at least Clemson and FSU. Um, but they need to get more talent like him. And I don't know, I, I, I don't even know if they can do it because, again, I don't think Petrino will last too much longer. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see, the, I, I see this as a bad thing for, for Petrino and for a Louisville program, unfortunately. Um, I see the same thing happening right now as they did at Virginia Tech with Vic. Okay, yeah. yeah. They were they were the same type of situation. They were a middle of the road team, occasionally good, occasionally bad. They get this phenom that comes in and just completely grabs the country by storm, and and everyone's talking about this dual threat, and he takes them, and and they win, and he's gone, and where are they now? They were so desperate they hoped that his brother could could replicate it. Exactly. Now, they're they're never they're never spoken of. Virginia Tech is not a thing, you know. They they get spoken of because occasionally they have a cool uniform, but that's about the extent of their their conversation. They, they, we, we stopped talking about Virginia Tech once Coach Beamer hung it up. Once Coach Beamer hung it up, I haven't heard anybody mention Virginia Tech because Coach right. Beamer always at least he got the team out there on the field. They competed. They had talent. I mean, the, and they weren't always great post Vic, but they were. You couldn't sleep on them. Now, right. now it's like who? They weren't. They weren't just a throwaway team. Yeah. Right. Now, now they're back to being a throwaway team, and yeah. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a fair point. But then you yeah, go so- on, on the flip side of the coin. We have a team like Wisconsin, who beat LSU. And then just recently beat Michigan State on the road and are sitting at 4-0, started the season unranked, and now are the eighth-ranked team in the nation. How good are the Badgers? As a team, 
I give more credit to the Badgers for doing that than I do Louisville with with Lamar Jackson there. They're doing it as a team. They're not doing it with one one standout guy. I mean, yeah, sure, they got their their blue chip players. They got their their, their alpha dogs on the team. Every team does, but they're doing it as a team. They're doing it quietly. They're just doing it. You know. Well, that's that's um, Wisconsin. They they've been like that since my uncle played there in the in the in the in the seventies. Like that's that's Wisconsin football. They have, they have a huge offensive line. They get two or three running backs that could be starting elsewhere that we've never heard of before, but right. they know that they know about how good they are, and they just run it down your throat and they play hard. De- they play tough defense. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. Since the days was it was it Ron Dane? They had oh they had Ron I mean they had Ron Dane, they've had Monty Ball, they had um last year I forget his name now, but he's playing for uh the Chargers, the only good San Diego, right. I know the linebacker. Yeah, the only good player for the Chargers right now. Um <laughs> you know, is uh you know, 'cause oh, um let's see, is Melvin something? But I mean, he had what, he had two hundred and like sixty yards in the one game or something like that insane last year. Right. You know, they that's just what they do. They they've had running back after running back after running back consistently. Um they had uh yeah, that you mentioned Daniel who was a Heisman candidate. Um I just, they just they just, they've had so many so many backs. And then if we lest we forget, you know, they also produced a recently good quarterback in Russell Wilson. Correct. I, I'm a little less suspect of that, but that's okay. But yes, he is. He's a good quarterback. Well, <laughs> hey, the, the guy's been to two Super Bowls. He's been playing for four years. Correct. Yes. Yes. He's he's the leader of that team. But yes. you, but you you make a good point where this is definitely a team effort. It's it's all it's all it's all a team. There's definitely not one person that is elevating them to a higher level. Um, I, I give it to I give it to Wisconsin because one, as a Big Ten guy, I never take a Big Ten team for granted. I don't care. I mean, real Big Ten team that doesn't include Rutgers or Maryland because to me, they, they, those those teams don't count as Big Ten teams, even though they're in the conference. Um, anytime you play a Big Ten in my team, in my opinion, whether you're playing Northwestern, whether you're playing Michigan State, whether you're playing even Nebraska now, you can't sleep on these guys. You know, they're, they're, they're Midwest football teams. They are, they are the heart of college football. You cannot sleep when you play Wisconsin. They may not be ranked all the time. They're always dangerous. And for them to knock off two top 10 teams, not even top 25, two top 10s within the first four weeks is, is amazing. Now, they have a lot of issues. I don't think they're as I don't think they're as good as number eight. Um, but I definitely believe they're top twenty five. Um, I don't think they'll go into the big house and beat Michigan and not just and that's not a homer pick. I just I don't think offensively they're polished enough to score enough points on that Michigan defense, which is tied for first in sacks right now and has that just phenomenal secondary with Jordan Lewis and Jabril Peppers and, and Channing Stribling. Um, and that Michigan offense will run the ball down 
their their throats just as much as they run the ball down everybody else's throat. Um, the damage they did, you know, this week against Penn State again. Penn State is not a great team in any way, but they're still not a bad team. They they have they have some really good players. They have some talent. The fact that we they the Michigan just beat the brakes on them by thirty nine um, is really going to be a tough test for these Badgers. Um, I think these I think these Badgers are not done. I do think that they lose to Michigan and that they lose to Ohio State, but it would not surprise me to see these Badgers in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can see that. I can see. Uh, I can see them losing to Michigan, and then Michigan losing to someone else, and them having to play for a championship. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think. I think they'll have to. They're, they're either going to play Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. I don't think Iowa, as good as they are, will be able to, or Nebraska will be able to keep Wisconsin from making um, the Big Ten championship game from the West Division. Right. The East Division, in the Big Ten is just so stacked. It's not even funny. Because pretty much right. almost all the good teams, aside from Wisconsin, um, are are in the East Division. Um, so I, I really think they have an excellent shot at competing for the for the, for the Big Ten championship and going to a decent bowl game. Um, I just I don't think they have enough, especially so early. If they were on this really good, really really good streak and they were going eight and zero into playing a Michigan or Ohio State, I think the momentum and confidence. And just the extra weeks of play would have honed them to a point where they could knock off one of those two teams. But still being so early in the season, I I don't think they have, I don't think they're at a place where they can legitimately um, beat Michigan this week or beat Ohio State in the next two weeks. Yeah, uh, it, it's tough. I mean, that's a, that's a tough division right there. You got a lot of a lot of talent coming out of that. <laughs> Yeah. Just, just, a, just a ton. It's, it's, it's like murder's row. Like you look at that Big Ten schedule. It's like my. You, you look at Wisconsin's schedule, and if you're a coach, you're like my God, what is? Are you serious? I have to play LSU. I have to play Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska. Like, are you are you kidding me? All these teams are ranked. Like, That's tough. Uh, I would have looked at my AD and be like, what are you trying to do to me? Are you trying to get me fired? <laughs> you really hate me right like, now. You really must not like me. You were trying to get me out of here. No, that's a, <laughs> that, that, that's tough. And it wouldn't – I mean, it's one of those divisions where the winner could come out with three losses. Right, because four of those teams are top ten. Exactly. You that's put tough. me as four top ten teams like that, you must not like me. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's rough. That is. That's That's a tough game. That's a tough division. No thanks. No, the conference is tough. No way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of tough races, we have a very tough race going on in Major League Baseball right now. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's heating up. You know, with uh, we've got the, the Red Sox and their uh, last time I looked before we started re- recording, the Sox uh, were riding an eleven game win streak into the Bronx, and it was tied, but it looks like David Price gave up six runs, and the Yankees stopped the Red Sox from clinching tonight. So the Sox still need to win a game to clinch the AL East title. They'll do it. Oh, I, I, I don't see why not. They'll absolutely do it. And what, what a better way for uh, 
for uh, Poppy to go out. Yeah, I mean, you you, you are you can't uh, you can't send the guy off any better than get him to the playoffs um, and let him have one more chance at October Magic. I mean, especially, especially because, because he's, he's carrying them. He, I see. You know what? I I can't say that because honestly, when you're a DH, yes, you're you can impact the offense. But I don't consider anybody carrying a team that's not on the field playing defense. That, that's, that's that's fair. Because that's like but... you know, that's like the whole James Harden should be an MVP. No, he should not have been because James Harden don't play no defense. He does not play defense. However, that's not what uh, that's not what baseball is about. Yeah, and uh, he, he will play. play he will play defense if it comes down to that, and they go to the World Series. series. He'll, he'll definitely be on the field. field. But I don't. I. I just. I think the spark that he gives and the confidence that he gives every time he comes to the plate, especially to those younger guys, it's like, it, it's unreal for someone to contribute to this level, at this age, and what was it? Not was it last, last year, or the year, year before? before they single-handedly carried the team. team. I, I, I will say that season, he he carried the team. He was, was that, that team that year. Well, he he is. Well, he is. I mean, yes, they have David Price, who I still wish would have been was still in Detroit. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't understand what Dombrowski was thinking. Still don't understand that whole situation. <laughs> I don't because Dombrowski is is in Boston now. Like, did he know right. he was going there? He's like, oh, I'll send David Price there. So I know I'm going. There. <laughs> I'm just going to send him there. I'll just send him there ahead of time, just to you know, to keep things warm for me. I, I don't understand why so many GMs fire sale because they because they're they're not winning. You have next year, you right? Know, I, I I don't get it. So, Poppy, aside from some of these you know these other players who are good, like Pedroia and whatever, Poppy, he has been carrying that team. He is the face of that franchise. Um, I think he has overshadowed Pedro um, and Manny as far as um, you know beloved figures for for that franchise. And I have to give him credit for it because you know the guy has produced so many huge moments for that team. Uh, he's done it with class. He's done it without scandal. Um, you know. We didn't see him throwing any old men down, and he wasn't taking any PEDs. And, um, you know, he's just been a, a great ambassador for the game, um, you know, for, for Dominican baseball and, and for Boston. Yeah, he is, uh, he will, he will, uh, he will be missed. He, he really will. I mean, not, not just, just no, I won't, I won't, personality. I won't personally miss him because I personally don't want him terrorizing my, my Tigers. <laughs> Um, anymore, but <laughs> I mean, I'll be but, glad he's gone. But that's um, that, that's that, that sports, sports respect you gotta have, like for Kobe. Kobe you know, everyone hates Kobe, but then well, when see, Kobe comes out, you just gotta respect. Well, see, him, I know? love, I see this. I love Kobe. I, I love Kobe's I, I love Kobe's. I don't care what you think about me attitude. Um, I love that. And for with Big Poppy, it, one thing is different. All right, because Big Poppy, the way he's playing. He could keep going. He could. He could keep playing. I mean, he's leading the AL in homers. He could keep playing. Kobe's body is so beat up, he, he could not keep playing. I Correct. Mean, you know, he, it's, just, it's time for him. It was time for him to shut it down. It's time for Duncan to shut it down. And KG just last week shut it down. It was time for these guys who have been playing since 95, 96. 
and then Duncan 97, it's been time for them to shut it down. Correct. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's time. You know, and go out. Go out while you still have your health. Well, yeah, I mean, why, why run it into the ground? You right. Know? You know, because you want to be able to walk in 10 years. Exactly. And you look and at that's Duncan, not anyone you anyone you named. That's not, not going to be a thing. thing. <laughs> right. And you look at someone like Garnett, going off topic, but this is a man who has spent more time of his life in the NBA than out of it. That's true. Absolutely. You know, that becomes your life, life, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, when it's time, it's time. Before I look at Poppy, and it's like, bruh, as long as you're DHing, <laughs> you, know. you really don't have to hang it up. <laughs> you know, the way he's producing it, it's, I've never... And it's kind of, you know, skipping the, some of the races, kind of going into the, the farewell topic. But I've never seen a farewell tour like this. I'm, I remember watching Kareem when I was when I was a kid, and his farewell tour in 89. Um, I remember, you know, MJ's farewell tour when he was with the Wizards. And everyone went to the game because everyone knew this was Mike's, you know, last hurrah. Um, right. You know, I remember Magic. You know, I remember, you know, so many players... Um, and then, and you knew they were going to hang it up. You, you knew this was going to be the last year. You knew it was going to be Carl Malone's last year when he was with the Lakers. You knew, um, you know, you just knew when somebody's, you know, you knew um, when Clyde Drexler was going to hang it up when he was in Houston. Um, you know, Barkley in Houston. Um, you knew it was it was time. You know, when Patrick Ewing gets traded to Orlando, like, you know what? Oh, I want to see Patrick play. I need to go. Play. I need to go do it now because he's not going to be around. You know, too much longer, but I've never seen, a, I've never seen a send-off tour where someone is playing so well, and and right. that's just in any sport. I've never seen somebody who knows they've been around for fifteen years or more. They're, they've they've battled injuries and such to be performing at such a high level throughout a grueling. You know, even if you're only DHing, you're DHing in over a hundred games. Like that, that that takes a lot of toll on your body. Um, it does. And for him to be performing so well, I've I've never seen a send off like this before. Um, it, it just it really amazes me. Um, and I used to knock Poppy for his lack of athleticism um, and his really substandard defense, but maybe that, maybe he was just saving that for for this. I don't know. Um, Saves that energy. I'm extremely impressed with his level of performance. Uh, most guys, you know, they will they'll be doing what Paul Pierce will be doing next year, and you know, Paul Pierce will play six minutes, and if he gets hot, he'll play a little. He'll play twelve, and if not, he'll be sitting right back on that bench next to Doc. Um, you know, he's he's there for the uh, the acknowledging. It's kind of like KG. Well, it's okay. well, the thing is, I thought I thought this was going to be KG's tour year. I didn't think KG was going to retire. Um, I didn't think he was going to now, especially with a month to the season until training camp. I didn't think he was going to. Um, oh, training camp is about to start. A month yeah. to the season. I did not think KG was going to retire. I thought he was going to play this season, and then they were going to transition him, which they probably still will, into the basketball operation, give him a VP or something, and. Because he loves he loves Minnesota, he wants to be he wants to own one day. He'll probably own Minnesota one day. So I figured right. he'll play this year, continue to mentor these young kids, and move on. Um, 
So I thought this would be his tour, and he would have a very Kobe-like, um, you know, where every stop he's going to get these honorifics and stuff. <coughs> Pardon me. But, um, you know, he decided to hang it up, you know, 30 days before, you know, the season starts. So now it's going to be Paul Pierce's tour, which is not going to be anywhere to that level, not knocking Paul as a player, but he was nowhere near as polarizing as KG, and KG wasn't, you know, half of the polarizing figure that Kobe was. That's correct. Those KG, Kobe, they meant everything to their city. They meant absolutely everything. I don't think Paul Pierce really has meant everything to a city. Well, unfortunately, I'd be because he gave a lot of good years to Boston, but you've got Poppy, you've got every other Boston Red Sox player that's loved there. You've got Tom Brady. You've got you know you've got a lot of competition there for being loved. Well, you know? the problem is in Boston because honestly, Paul Pierce is the man in Boston. I mean, like like most a lot of Boston people, they'll put Paul Pierce. When they talk about greatest Celtics of all time, obviously they're, they're talking about Bird and then, you know, Russell um, and Kuzi and Hondo. But Paul Pierce gets mentioned in that conversation. I mean, Paul Pierce gave it all his all his good years to them. Yes, it did take him some, some extra helping KG and Ray Allen to win a championship and to compete for another one. But a lot of people forget he carried that Boston team whose next best player was Eric Williams to an Eastern Conference appearance, right. you know, Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Like, it, people, a lot of people forget, and I, and I think because na- na- nationwide, he didn't have that appeal because Paul's game wasn't super sexy. You know, he was effective, but he wasn't a sexy player. You know, he didn't have all the dunk-ons, and he, you know, he, he wasn't exactly super marketable. You know, he's not exactly a, a well-spoken cat. Um, he's not an overly attractive guy. He's, you know, you didn't see him on many commercials except for that one for that, like, self-pumping basketball where the girl passes him the ball and hear truth. Like, I think that's the only commercial I can remember seeing Paul Pierce in uh, compared to someone like KG who was, you know, in the Fun Police commercials and was Nike. And also, he wasn't with Nike. Sprite. Yeah, he had Sprite, him and Tim, Tim Duncan. Um, he had the, the Fun Police. He had the... Um, the, the Rapper's Delight remixes with him and, and Duncan and, and Jason Williams. You know, KG was, he was nationally known, where Paul's fame was pretty much regulated to the East Coast. Correct. And he was already playing for a, a storied franchise right. in the Boston Celtics, where you really can't accomplish much more than what's already been done. I mean, they won, what, 13 titles in a row or something like that? Um but KG, he, he was, was everything, everything in Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh yeah, I mean he was. He 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 and Paul were both everything to their franchise. Um, but you know, like you said, Paul's franchise had won sixteen titles without him, and you know KG's had never been in the playoffs until he and Steph, you know, Marbury got him there. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or unless, unless you're like Kobe, Kobe and you bring another five titles to an already scored franchise, you know that's that's another one. And for Kobe, part of it just you know it's five titles, but it's also it was it was catching up. Correct. Because that five pushed them to to being one behind instead of you know looking at this you know this large gap between the Celtics and the Lakers. Correct. 
Yeah, and especially with the win over the lake or over the south. I mean, they 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 won and won against each other. Right. And I think they got robbed the year in between. It should it should have been. Uh, it should have been the, the Lakers-Celtics again, but that didn't happen. Um, the, 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 league, the league got what it needed by having correct. its most storied franchises um, have a uh, like kind of a, you know, past, you know, flashback series, a yep. couple of them, just to kind of rekindle some of the older, old heads that pined for the past, like myself, um, to, to really be involved. And then they didn't need it anymore. That was it. I mean, that's really what it really what it boils down to. To me, they just didn't need it anymore. Right. So, what? One last thing, uh, kind of a, one a new segment that we were, we're going to start here as on the original Jeep podcast, folks, is top ten Tuesdays. We're going to be recording Tuesdays and Saturdays, so every Tuesday is going to be a top ten Tuesday. And closing out, we're going to go over our top ten television theme songs. This is not going to be in any particular order, and I'm sure there will be much, much debate over the ones that we list here. We'll throw out some honorable mentions. We'll come up with a a list, but we're going to throw out top ten TV theme songs. All right. You want want to throw one out first, and then I'll go after? I'm going to throw one out, and people may be surprised by this. But um, I'm throwing one out that I love. I sing it all the time. Cheers. Cheers, absolutely. You as soon as as soon as those keynotes are hit, you know what that song is. Yes. Yeah, that's that that, that, I, that that's a, that's a classic. I love it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, only <laughs> this song only because if you sing the first the first couple uh, words. There's not a there's not a person in this world that's not gonna finish it, and they have to finish it because something inside them is compelled to finish it. Okay. And it starts out with, in West Philadelphia, born and raised. See that? You see that? You can't help but to but to finish that. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, you. It is like a law. You must You really do, and then you you kind of look at each other, and you're kind of like, "Yep." You just you get that look. You're like, "Yep, we know, we know." <laughs> I remember watching Will Smith um, during the Live Aid concert, and he started singing that. I'm like, "Dude, really, you're singing your TV theme song?" <laughs> but but it, it's his most famous song. It is it, by far, by far, and everybody knows it, and everybody loves it. That's exactly right, 100. percent So along yeah. those lines, with that, like, if when you start. Hearing people sing it, you have to continue singing it. Is Jefferson's? Yeah, the Jefferson's. You're absolutely right. One hundred percent, absolutely. Man, um, are we are we limiting ourselves to sitcoms? No, no, we are not. Because uh, one that's always the one that, that became a favorite song of mine is on The Sopranos. That that song, man. I just every time that song came on, I just like, man. I gotta at the time. This is before Spotify. This is before any of that. I gotta go download that. I got. I gotta make that part of my playlist. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a big one for me. You just know that that, that song belongs with it. I'm trying to remember who the band is saying. Um, I think I I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know who the band is. 
But yeah, that, that, was, that was an excellent thing. You could have picked a better theme song. Speaking of the HBO line, Game of Thrones. That is... <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear that music, and I want to grab a sword and, and a helm... And like, and I want to, and I want to do damage, man. Like, I, I, that music is so stirring, and it's so deep, and there's so many different layers of intricacy to it that I just, I hear it. I'm like, this is just beautiful music. You know, <laughs> still, have not, I still have not completed my geek, uh, my geek homework. Yes, I, I, I know you're, I know you are deprived of the Game of Thrones, but trust me, the, the, the music is. It's fantastic. That, is it top notch? It's top notch. It's a top notch theme song. I bet you when you, I could play it for. I'll, I'll have to play it for you sometime. And you haven't even seen the show, and you'll just you'll feel it even without seeing the show. Like you'll hear the music and be like, "Wow, this is this is poignant music." Right. But um, we'll throw we'll throw Game of Thrones under honorable mentions only because you have yet to hear it. Really, I, I've uh, I've watched some of Orange and New Black. I'm, I'm honestly I'm not a fan of the show, um, so I can't say I've heard the entire theme song more than maybe twice. And honestly, I can't even I can't even um, I can't even imagine what it even sounds like. I know yeah. I've, I, I know I've heard it, um, but I, I can't even imagine what it sounds like. But my, I can hear my I can hear my wife. Doors away, saying yes, like in, in, in her agreement. Fan of the show, um, I'll, I'll, I love the show. I'll, I'll, I'll add that under the honorables. I, cause I, I really can't even. I don't know anybody that wants to go to prison, but... You mean Johnny Cash didn't do that for you? Okay. Um, I have to... I don't know. I have so, like, I have so many ones that are like... I'm not too sure of. Like, they're like Homer picks. Um, okay. But one of them is going to really surprise you um, and maybe even make you question my masculinity, but I don't care. Um, I sing this song all the time when the show comes on. The theme to the Mary Tyler Moore show. That was like, uh, just the, the, this, the, the, I would hear that song and like picture my dream girl. Like, like, it was such a fantastic description of this Beautiful, strong, independent woman out there facing the world, takes it on. It was just a great song. It's time you let someone else do some giving. Love is all around, no need to waste 
Oh, you know, that's another one. Like, I've watched a lot more X-Files than I have Origins of New Black. Um, but that's another show where, honestly, I couldn't tell you what the song sounds like. I, I honestly, if, if someone played the theme song, I I would probably, my ears would recognize it, but I wouldn't be able to say for sure if it was the X-Files. I would probably have to have a hint. Uh, it's just, it's, it's one, the X-Files is a show that never stuck with me. Um, okay. I just, I, I watched probably the first two seasons and I was like, eh, I just not going to be able to do it. Well, and it's funny because I think I've watched a total of three episodes of X-Files. Okay. Wait. But that song stuck out to me. Like that, that song is like ingrained in me as this is an X-Files song. That's why, I, that's why I threw it out there. I'm going to, I'm going to have to give it a listen. Um, cause it's, I, I it's, it's never, it's never stuck with me. Okay. I know. Well, speaking of the sci-fi route, then, um, the theme to Star Trek is always... Oh, absolutely, yes. ...the most iconic songs out there. Absolutely, yes, 100%. Yes. And the, in the original series, Star Trek, not the next generation Star Trek song, which was... Really, any of them, any of them are... Which was stolen by the next generation from the motion picture scene, the same music. Absolutely. New life and new civilizations. What about The Simpsons? You know, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Okay. And when I started watching a little bit to be rebellious, I didn't like it. Really? I, I didn't like the show. Um, even as a kid, I did not like bratty kids and disrespectful kids. I wanted to slap those kids. So I really didn't like the show. Um, but the theme song, oh yeah, the theme song is iconic. You know, um, it's an iconic theme song. It's actually surprising that The Simpsons is one of my favorite arcade games ever. So I would, go, I would go to the arcade. Yeah, it was just a fun game. So I would go to the arcade, and I would put chords after chords in the game, and just hear, The Simpsons. Yeah, right. I know the doo 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 I mean, I know the, I know the song. But I definitely right. do. And the show's been on for what? It's 89? <laughs> I mean, my I, God. It's kind of like uh, going into KG territory where that song has been more part of my life than it hasn't been a part of my life. Oh, it's from, yeah. 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 Absolutely. 20-something seasons, I think. Ridiculous. It's been on since 89? Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. And, yeah, especially for, a, um, for an animated show. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've accomplished a lot there. Let's see, next one. Um, I'm a little torn over this one because it's, you know, it's not a show that's super watched here in the States, so most people don't uh, don't know it, but the theme song from Luther. Um, oh, yeah, I don't even know it. I'm, un- I'm unfamiliar with it. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'll put it under honorables. It's, it's a uh, well. Luther is a great show. It's 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 a cop show, but it's a very deep, uh, it's a dark, um, you know, psychological, you know, thriller type cop show, and uh, with Idris Elba. So you know, it's fantastic. Idris is the man. Um, but it, it but the theme song fits the dark nature um, and the psychological battles that are going on. Um, between you know, between Luther, John Luther, which is Aegis's character, and what he what he deals with 
uh, himself internally as well as with um, you know with the bad guys he's got to put away because he's not all together there himself. Um, he's got huh. you know he's got some demons he has to deal with. So definitely you know if you know put it in your Netflix clue in your Netflix queue absolutely and, and listen to the th- you know watch the show listen to the theme song and you'll you'll see the the cohesion between the music um, and and the, and, the, and the show itself. Okay. All right. Um, well, you're up. You're up. I got. I got one. It's uh, Friends. Oh, I detest Friends. <laughs> That's true, but you know the song. I don't. <laughs> no. I don't. I have what? seen a total half of an episode of Friends, and I did it because I was with a white girl and I was trying to appease her, and you know, but I couldn't do it. I I, I couldn't do it. Because I, I can't tell you how many people I know that that song comes on and. Every single person does the clap at the clap part. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know there was a clap part. There's a clap part and there, you know, it's like, no. oh man, it's a, it's a thing, and no. that's that's a that's a shame. Not gonna be able to do it. No, Magic, that's man, a shame. Those, I, those I, I watched, I watched half or maybe three quarters of. I remember because it's the only episode I saw of one of their Thanksgiving episodes where they're playing football. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like, I would not be friends with these people. I would shoot these people. <laughs> there is something wrong with these people. These, these, like, if my friends acted like that, I'd have to find some new friends. Like, okay. I, I could not roll with these people. Um, All right. So I, 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 I can't say friends. Um, All right. I can't, I can't go there. But what I can't go through to is something from childhood, and that is the theme of Sesame Street. Uh, Sesame Street, of course. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. And since we're on that topic, let's go ahead and add Fraggle Rock. Oh, I love Fraggle Yeah, but everybody knows the song. Fraggle Rock. Only old heads like us know the song, unfortunately. True. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, my kid would not know what what that was. Absolutely, you're right. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Who's that? Who, who are all these guys? We, we don't, they don't know. They don't know who that is. They don't know what the Tweedlebugs are. They, they've never seen that in the show. What about uh, what about Barney? Oh God, I have to agree with you because everyone knows the song. But God, everybody. I hate Barney. <laughs> Absolutely, everybody knows that song, and there and and the yeah. fifty other variations of it yes. about him dying and, <laughs> yes, and hanging around, hanging you know, from a tree, and all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to begrudgingly agree. Um, I know. Unfortunately, I am the same way. I'm like, I don't want to, but it, but, it, but it's up there. Die. I mean, and it's and if if we take away how much the state we have for Barney, the song itself is pretty cute. Um, yeah. But it's this <laughs> this stupid purple dinosaur. Stupid big purple dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh that's great. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with another one that doesn't have words. Um, even though there is a talking part in the beginning, Knight Rider. 
Yeah, Night Rider. Absolutely. That is. I mean, I love I love Night Rider growing up. Yeah, me, me too. And then I, I was probably one of the best days of my life. You know, when Buster Ron released Fire It Up, and I'm like, Yo, he's rapping over to Night Rider music. Like, oh, this is so hot. <laughs> yes, Buster Ryan. Oh man. Yeah, no, that that was uh, that, that. I always knew when that stuff when that was uh, when that was coming on. Yeah, you heard that music. Absolutely. Yes. And here's another one that's along those lines. Okay. Golden Girls. You know, I was gonna I was gonna say Golden Girls on my next one. Um, and I have to wholeheartedly concur. Golden that, Girls. That song defines that show. Yes. Oh yeah, the, the show the show isn't the same without the song. Absolutely not. It's a it's a very telling song. Absolutely. Yes. All right, I'm going to throw in a couple other honorable mentions there that okay. probably wouldn't crack the top ten of more people. One, The Andy Griffith Show. Absolutely. And, um... Oh, Actually, I'd probably include that in a top ten. I'd... Well, yeah, that's 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 an argument point. We'll, we'll have to revisit this when, when, yeah, when Unique DNA comes through because he'll want to... I know he'll want to chime in on this. Um, yes, he... Aside from Andy Griffith, also... I was thinking of, um, darn it, I just lost it again. Um, oh, I was thinking of Three's Company. Oh, come and knock on my door. We've been waiting <laughs> for you. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's in now, there. That's good unf- lord. Unfortunately, for younger people, the 80s was so chock full of great theme songs. Absolutely. So the but- 70s, um, where today... It's rare to find a theme song, let alone a great theme song. Right. Well, can let me throw uh, let me throw an honorable mention in there as well. Okay. And uh, Full House. Uh, see another another show I can't stand. Um, and honestly, it's so bad that I would often I still do I often mix up um, the Full House theme song with. Um, with the theme song from Family Matters, they have sim- like, like there were so they're many. They're similar. Yeah, Absolutely. there were so many. There were like three shows that had similar beginnings. Yeah, and they held that their music, starting music, sounded the same. So I automatically assumed it was the one I liked and not the one I didn't like. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh. Like, oh yeah, no, no, it's this one again. <laughs> yeah, I only say that because uh, it's iconic for for people of our age, but because it's been brought back out again as a yeah, reboot. It is it is back. Here it is again, you know, and now a whole new generation is gonna know this this theme song. So yeah. anyways, that's my that, that that I think that concludes mine. Yeah, I'm I'm my wife my wife my wife threw out one, but to me, you know, I'll mention it because I love the show. Um the Patty Duke show had a great theme song. Oh right. That that really oh. had that had an excellent theme song. And that also makes me think of Bewitched. Yeah, um, and I mean the whole the whole the whole late eighties nineties Nicky that's Night crazy. Had, yeah, had a it just great shows with great theme songs. Whether it was whether it was Get Smart, uh, obviously Dick Van Dyke, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, um, so many so many great shows that had fantastic Mr. Red. I mean, yeah, Mr. Mr. Red. 
<laughs> Mr. I mean, oh, Green Acres. Horse is a horse, oh, of course, of course. I mean, Mr. Mr. M was a great theme song. But oh, unfortunately, old heads like us know that. Yeah. It's true. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to throw out one more. Um, not a show, another show I was not a big fan of. But um, but it was probably Middle America's favorite show in the 90s. And it's The Wonder Years. Oh, I was going to throw that out there and I forgot it. Yes. It's one of those ones I thought about. And I was like, eh, yeah, that's definitely one of them. Absolutely. And see, for me, I, and for me, I, the people, I, the people cling to The Wonder Years where I would cling more towards like the Cosby show because I loved their theme song even though it changed every year. It was the same song, but just a different style. Every season, yeah, absolutely. Wonder Years is definitely, definitely on the on the top there. That could, that song could be played alone on its own, and and people would just know, you know, that's they know what that's about. See, I, I think I just have those memories that blocks them out if I don't like it because I, I I remember more of the show, but I can't remember the song. Right. No, not that, and that, I mean that's understandable. I mean it's one of those ones where you kind of binge watch, you watch reruns of, and it just kind of sticks with you, and you well, kind of get. It was you know? one of those things where, as a kid, I, you know, in my house, we watched what my mom wanted to watch and where we wasn't watching anything. So, you know, the Wonder Years was a show my mother watched and she enjoyed. And um, so I, I, I watched plenty of it. I just can't remember the, 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 the song. Um, and that's for me, like, I'll remember a song that's really poignant, that points out to me for shows I don't like. Like Seinfeld, I can't stand Seinfeld. But I hear oh, the music that, that and I know is, the show. And I wouldn't say the theme song to Seinfeld would be in there, but the jingle, the little, yes. dun, 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 you know what I mean? Is, is that not even, see, I don't even know the song. I, I mean, if that's not the song, but I'm I'm just wrong. Then, but, um, no, like the theme song is very forgettable. I can't think of it. It's greatest, one of the greatest sitcoms I think in, ever made. But they have this little jingle they would do in between transitions. See, I thought that and, jingle was part of the theme song. And it might be, but I just know the jingle. Like in my head, like I, like when I transition in life from from here to here, that song is on. Like in my head, <laughs> <laughs> I got that song going through constantly. Oh my, my god, that, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is that is classic TP. That is absolutely classic. Right. I'm glad want, I'm not the only person who has a soundtrack to their life. Not at all. Like I walk in the door and. And, and my boy's home, and I'm like, uh, hey there, man. And it, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's sickening. It really is. <laughs> oh, no, no that, that's not sickening. That, that, that's, that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're we're going to recap our agreed top ten until we okay. have to revamp this when we get unique DNA on here. So we're looking at, and no, and again, folks, this is not in any specific order. Cheers, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The Jeffersons, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Star Trek, The Original Series, The Simpsons, Sesame Street, and we're talking 70s, 80s. We're not talking about whatever they play now. Um, Barney, Knight Rider, and, of course, The Lovable Golden Girls. With some honorable mentions in The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Orange is the New Black, Luther, Fraggle Rock, and The Andy Griffith Show, Full House, The Wonder Years, The Patty Duke Show. And I'm sure we'll add more of this to that list as we as we further debate. I'm curious to see what he pops out with this. Uh, without telling him any of the any of the things we come up with, I want to see how many he he can name off. Well, honestly, he, no, okay. knowing 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 him and knowing myself, there is because there's songs that I love from other genres that I haven't even 
even thrown out there because I don't know if we'll all agree on them. Like, there's anime, there's songs to and different anime that I, I could just listen to. I, I, I could just take all their theme songs and, and pop them into a playlist and I would just listen to them because um, this is great music. They've got great theme songs. Um, or, or also, let's go back to our childhood again. Um, another song without words that we probably may even want to bump one of these on this list. Who does not know or, or, or hum, the, hum the, the, the sounds to the, the theme of X-Men? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, if you're on the street and you hear somebody go, you're going to get five people, five grown people, I mean, it was such a catchy tune. You know, it fit that mantra, not mantra, that montage they did in the beginning. It was a great, it was a great, and honestly, probably the best animated theme song ever the theme to batman the animated series oh see i never got into that i never got into oh. batman the animated series oh my god oh i know i know oh, I, I was i was deprived at that time in my life oh, so, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 not sure i'm not gonna say that because um, yeah i know we'll, we'll have, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll, we'll have to somehow um expose you to that and we'll, we'll you know if you're listening we're not gonna do anything illegal we're, we're not we're not torturers here, you know. FCC and listeners, uh, we're not going to do anything illegal. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to make sure. We'll have Kevin, to rectify that somehow. Kevin Conroy's voice as Batman. The, oh, beautiful! The, the 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 noir feeling of the art, and then the icing on the cake with Mark Hamill's voice as Joker. Absolutely. Ar- Arlene Sorkin when because when they this is when they introduced Harley Quinn was was in that show. She she was a brand new character that, that arrived in that show. Her voice is Harley Quinn, fantastic. Um, just that's when that like I was I always liked Batman. When that show came out, that's when I loved Batman. That that kicked off my love affair with Batman. It wasn't, and I had I'd had plenty of books, classic books, current books. I had read The Killing Joke when I was way too young to read it, but that show made me. Love Batman to just a whole nother degree. Uh, it was it was it was a masterpiece. I'll tell you if it, if it makes up for anything. I did just purchase and watch uh, the Killing Joke. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah, and it's so uh, it, it's it, it's an interesting thing. I was it was it was it is iconic, and I can feel the weight of the the icons in there. Oh yeah. Uh, but a very very interesting movie. Very interesting movie. It was, it's it's it's. Batman is fine. I mean, it's dark. It's yes. It's it's twisted. It's psychological. Yep. Um, all is, of that. It is, it is the <clears throat> the height of 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 anything uh, DC to me. You know, Batman to me is just the the what in, what just uh, epitomizes DC comics. Yes, agreed. One hundred percent. You know, Marvel Marvel can, Marvel likes to keep things lighter, which is fine. That's what they do, and they do it great. DC needs to stay dark and be dark because that's what they do best. And, and I and, love it. And, yeah, and Batman, they, they, you know, they they do a great job. I, I think between the between um, Flashpoint and 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 on um, Blackest Day, um, they've they they've done a wonderful job in going back to those those darker 
uh, really deep, um, you know, philosophical mind games that they, yeah, philosophical as well as psychological mind games um, that the the DC writers used to like to play. I'm glad they're going back to that. Yes, 100%. I agree with it. And that's, it's actually brought me as someone who wasn't necessarily into DC other than Batman and Superman growing up. Um, it has made me and taken me away. I, I, I'm going to go on a limb here. In fact, Uh-oh. my daughter and I, my 10 year old daughter and I have decided we prefer DC <gasps> over Marvel. Oh, that's, oh, wow. That's blasphemy me right now. Wow. I, and that's okay. But I, and, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's just, it, it's, 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 it's just, it's grabbing me. It's, it's, it's grabbing hold and especially with their last films with the, with the civil war and Batman versus Superman. And I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm loving DC and what they're doing. I, I do. I love it. And I'm really upset at Marvel for really screwing some major things up. Yeah. I, I, I understand. We come from there. I, I, I finally broke down and watched Batman versus Superman. And, um, I just I, I my my prejudice against Ben Affleck and his acting um, <laughs> just just always reigns supreme. I can't take him seriously. I, That's can't, funny. I just can't take him seriously as a hero. Um, he I is guess, my fa- he is my favorite Batman. I, I I look I just look at him. I'm like you're soft, man. I look at his <laughs> face. I'm like you are too soft. That's like, funny. You know, and and I thought I appreciate the humor as far as the forced deep voice, but. It, you know, I would love it, and most people probably would disagree, but I would love it if they took a no-name, great-looking dude to play Batman and just had Conroy do his voice. That's that's all I want. <laughs> that's all I want because you know, because these guys doing the trying to do these this deep, tough, gruff, you know, care, you know, this it, it doesn't work. And I, I, I would obviously say Bales was definitely worse than, than Affleck's. Um, okay, I'm okay. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I can I can live with I can live with your disdain for Affleck as long as you as long as you can say that that it was better than Bales. Well, the voice was better than Bales. I think right. the Batman's were equally bad, but okay. the, the, right. the voice was definitely better than oh, Bales' voice was so Vin Diesel wannabe ish terrible. It was crap. It was so yeah. bad. Um, so yeah, I, I give I give Affleck. I think Affleck's a better actor, period, than than Bale could be in his best in, in, his, in his best dream. So you know, I I, I I had no, I just I just can't take Affleck as a superhero because I can look at him and I see softness. I I see I I I, I can't take him as a as anyone tough. Um, okay, ever. but. Yeah, I mean, he, he he he's you know he ruined that for me. But also, honestly, as much as um, as Henry Cavill looks like Superman, that was a terrible portrayal. He I, he really, unfortunately, I have to admit, Henry Cavill drugged the film down more than Affleck did, and just his bad acting, um, it was really bad. Like I can't even describe it. Anything it was very stoic. Um, not like it was not it was not the Superman we know or even in the news it was not it was just bland and I don't even I can't it's, it's it was crap 
Lois Lane, the Lois Lane choice wasn't my favorite either. I think no, that, no, I, I just don't, I, I'm not a fan of either of those. I don't even talk about her. And while uh, I forget his name, the dude that played Luz, that played Lex, I'm like, why is Lex like 12? And, yeah. and Bruce is supposed to be like 45 and, like, you know, Superman's supposed to be like 30. Why is Lex Luthor, who's always been in their age range, why is he like 12? Why that that was that was a faux pas, and I, I will agree with that. However, I loved his portrayal of him. See, I thought he was too much of a loose cannon, um, and, and and I thought he t- I thought he tiptoed the line between genius and madness really well. See, and that's it, but see my the way I've always seen Lex Luthor from um, from the books. Anything is he, he wasn't tiptoeing on that line. That was more. That's more of a Batman villain. That's more of a Riddler, Joker type guy who's tiptoeing on madness. Lex Luthor was, to me, always extremely cold, extremely calculating. Um, he was like he was very much like Batman in the fact that he's a planner. You know, he's a genius level planner. He's got he. This guy is. If we're playing chess, this dude is looking. You know, fifteen pieces down while everybody else is looking. You know, moves ahead while everybody else is looking two to five max. Like that's right. how I saw Lex Luthor. I never saw him ever as someone who's teetering on on madness, and especially with all the goofiness and all the. I was like, this is. It felt like he was auditioning to play Joker for me. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be Lex Luthor. You're 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 supposed to be conniving. You're supposed to be manipulative, but you're supposed to be smooth, man. You're supposed well, to be, you're supposed to be really. You know, you're supposed to be way ahead of everybody. You're not supposed to be worried about anything, and like you just—it was just really odd for me. I'll tell you, somebody's got to audition for the Joker because. uh, Oh, because Jared Leto. We we did not get the Joker we deserve. That's for sure. Oh, the one we needed. Oh yeah, you you ain't lying. Now I have to (laughs) I have to admit, I didn't mind some of the the new, um, the new oddities that they added to him. You know, it, it was. It, I don't mind a different portrayal every once in a while, as far as how he looks and stuff. Um, I have to tell you though, the laugh was the worst I've ever heard. That it was, was not a good laugh. It was the worst Joker laugh I'd ever. Like, it, it was like it was like they knew he couldn't do it, so like do it as soft as you can, and and lay there and, and do it as softly as you can to try to make it sound like it's decent. It was it was so bad. Um, yeah, and and the fact and, that uh, and he kept on coming back for Harley, like you, like yeah, that, which which that, was that just not Joker. He never comes back for Joker. He he never comes back for her. She always goes to him, which is yes, the whole point always. of that abusive, you know, manipulative relationship. Like it was, it, yeah, he was, not, and I, when he said before I even saw the movie, and I made the mistake of reading the article when he said he felt tricked into playing the Joker. I'm like, oh crap, this is not going to be, this is not going to be good. No, we are going to have yet another portrayal of the Joker again. Watch. Oh, yeah. Watch. Oh, there's no way he's doing it again. Nope. And I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. And I, now, look-wise, at first I didn't dig the look. I didn't dig the whole damage on the forehead part. Um, but the tattoos, I didn't mind. I didn't like the new suit. I didn't mind the gold chain. Um, I thought, you know, that, you know, there was, there was, that was, I was fine with a different look. Um... Especially since the new Fifty Two, um, you know, storyline has it that there's three Jokers and not one. 
So I, I, I didn't mind a different look. But ugh, my, he was really... He was really not into the role. I I, I could just tell, like, Gerald L. did not. Um, I can't say he didn't give his all, but I can tell he really wasn't feeling the, the role. I think he did the best he could, but right. I really don't think that he really had a connection um, to the role at all. No, correctly. I, 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 you, you, that's exactly it. I agree, 100%. Awesome. Well... Folks, thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. We really appreciate you coming out with us. We want to hear what you guys think, especially on what you want to add to <clears throat> possibly modify our top 10 TV theme songs on Top 10 Tuesday. Next week, we'll have another Top 10. But trust me, we will revise this because there is no way Unique DNA will let us not let him chime in on on this. Because I know he's got something he's going to throw out there that um, are probably going to make us both slap our says in the head and be like, how did I not think of that one? Um, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. So thank you so much for, we, uh, for listening to the original Jeep podcast. As always, I'm rocking Mr. Magic. My man with me tonight is in my TP, and we will have Unique DNA with us, uh, with us the next time. Have a wonderful night, folks, and we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>